0: Hi, what's up? And hello, welcome to the WHLC show. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about one of my most cherished topics. Um... The reason why it's so important to me, and it's a cherished topic, is because it is such a prevalent experience of a lot of women that I meet, and it's deeply rooted in my own personal experience when it came to integrating healthy lifestyle practices and just making changes for the better. Um, (laughs) A lot of times, unfortunately, we as women are moving from a place of what I call Guilt and shame based energy, um, especially when it comes to making changes that have to do with diet and exercise. <laughs> Oftentimes, I mean, if I'm going to go through this scenario and as I do it, you're going to be like, oh man, that's totally me. <laughs> because it is such a, I don't know, I don't even know where it comes from, to be honest. So, I mean, partly it's like media telling us that we need to be smaller and daintier and you know, put ER on the end of anything and then throw it at a woman. And that's basically what the media does. And then, you know, it could also come from just like a little bit of fear. You know, I think sometimes we believe that if we don't have like some whip cracking at us, that we're not going to make these changes that are important to us Um, or some, you know, some form of guilt or shame to keep going. And, it does. I'm not going to lie. Guilt and shame does work for a limited amount of time. <laughs> it, it works until you don't care anymore and then <laughs> you go back to what you were doing before. Um, so I would like to present a different approach, which is I call it a love based approach, which sounds like so airy fairy, like rudy toody, hippy dippy, love based. We're going to take a love based approach. But I really do mean what I mean. Um, Love-based, like, here's the deal. So most of us are like, oh my God, I need to lose 10 pounds. So I'm gonna run anytime I eat a fucking cupcake because I need to work for it. I need to work off that cupcake. First off, it doesn't fucking work like that at all. (laughs) Like, as far as energy management, you know, balancing your food. You don't like, it's not like a direct correlation of like, eat muffin burn muffin. It doesn't work like that. I wish it did, but it doesn't. But you know, that that idea of like having to work off food. Like that that doesn't it does not work like that, like I said. And I love this quote and it, it literally rings in my head all the damn time <laughs> because like I said, this is still a work in progress for me and it's a huge it's a deeply rooted pattern in my own health and fitness journey and it's okay to have those deeply rooted patterns that may not be of service to us especially because they help us to cultivate awareness and it helps us to realize like I mean you know you're not perfect we're not perfect so if we were approaching this healthy lifestyle thingy and we're like already really good at it then what's the fucking point right that you don't need to make changes because you're already great congratulations but guess what most of us aren't so (laughs) um yeah so I I personally would come from the guilt shame I mean I've been I've been living in the guilt shame bucket for a long time like I started doing that when I was in junior high and high school thinking like oh I had a muffin for lunch I need to go run two miles to work it off, and oh my god, or like, I can't eat that muffin because I am on a diet, like, that type of thinking is just, it's no fun, to be honest, when you are the thinker <laughs> of it, it's no fun for your friends and family when you're like, I can't, uh oh, I'm on a diet, it's no fun, fr- it's no fun for anyone, to be honest, um, but, you know, it's, like I said, it's deeply rooted. So it doesn't, it's got to have a function. It's got to have some type of adaptive function that it used to serve. Um, but I'll tell you now, it doesn't last long if that's where you're coming from for your health and fitness journey. And it's a big reason why I spend a lot of time with my peoples and my clients working through and writing down and getting extremely <laughs> detailed on why they want to change. And if I, if I smell a a little stench of guilt and shame, I'm like, Hey, let's look at that one. (laughs) Let's look at that one a little deeper and see if we can make it just a tiny bit more positive. Because like I said, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't work for very long. And I actually read this book called, uh, power versus force by David Hawkins. It's a little out there. I'm not going to lie. Like if you don't have some, prior understanding and um, conception of like energies and frequencies and things like that and if those words are like oh my god hella hippy dippy for you probably not the book for you but I read it and I thought it was very very interesting and I think even though some parts I thought were kind of questionable as far as their um, like provability I guess uh, I did I still think that there is some pretty good validity to what it had to say but it's basically about power versus force obviously that's in the title but the difference between those and how forcing things usually does not work and when we force things it comes from a negative energy it comes from lower consciousness and it, it actually this book maps out all of the um all of the frequencies and energies of consciousness on a scale from high to low Um, or low to high depending on how you read it and it's it, it basically maps out human emotion and consciousness and it's very interesting to look at and they have their own like point system like there's like one there's like a middle point i think it's pride or something where it's like still on the lower end but you're starting to move up towards the higher frequencies and obviously love is a really high frequency joy is a high frequency basically all the positive emotions are high frequencies and all the negative emotions are lower frequencies and all of those negative emotions are said to stem from the one emotion of fear and it's just different colors and shapes and designs of the base foundation negative emotion fear so when we do this guilt shame based thought process oh also the book was talking about how when you go through those, when you're in those energy frequencies or in that emotional state, it is very hard to get things done. It is very hard to move forward, to make positive change in your life, to pretty much do anything from those um, those emotions and those energies for too long. Like it doesn't sustain. It's not, it doesn't last very long. Um, it's a low frequency, so it doesn't have a lot of, you know, endurance so to speak um and if you do have if if it does endure it actually ends up causing the the feeler or the person holding the emotions a lot of pain so you can get through your you can make your changes and get through your programs and do all that with a fear guilt shame based approach but it's going to suck like (laughs) that's that's basically how it is so um i i really enjoy looking at it and trying to help coach myself and others to take a love based approach, which is a little bit more, I think it's a little bit scarier because we're used to, we're familiar with like beating ourselves up and being like, you know, you know, going ham in the gym because you ate pizza instead of just going ham in the gym because you want to be a better person, right? Those are two different tracks, two different energy fields that a person could work from. And one one of them promotes abuse, like the guilt and shame. It's like, oh, I ate pizza. Now I need to suffer. I need to pay for what I did. And then the love based approach is more um, it's more like building yourself up. It's more like remembering who you said you wanted to become and then filling up the time and space with actions that make that the truth for you. And so that's a lot different than abuse. <laughs> that's more like nurturing and caring for. It's, it's a much more positive place to be. And because it's a more positive place to be, it lasts a lot longer as far as you trying to implement certain habits and changes in your life. So love-based approach is the way to go, I'm telling you. But it's difficult. Like I said, we can easily fall back into old patterning and old thought processes and old assumptions and beliefs that you know that you deserve to be punished for making bad choices on your diet or whatever but I really like I'd mentioned you can't out exercise a bad diet like that is one of my constantly ringing quotes in my head because your girl likes sweets. I'm not gonna lie. I love me some pastries. I love all kinds of processed foods that aren't the greatest for your system. And so it it can easily trigger me into one of those cycles of, I need to make up for what I did, you know, but like, no, you don't, you really don't. And especially with the way that Tom and I have structured our programs and the way we coach people through nutrition and what I actually like to call nourishment, because it's a little bit less triggering than nutrition. Um, and ultimately at the end of the day, that should be your goal with food anyway, is to nourish your body, is to build it up, take care of it, love it. Um, nutrition can kind kind of sa- make you sound like a science experiment. You're not, <laughs> you're a human being. <laughs> so I like the word nutrition a little bit better. But um, yeah, so the love-based approach is deeply rooted in understanding your true values and I say true values because we can adopt values from people we're around from our family from the freaking news anywhere we can start adopting these values and think that because we hold these values they make us a certain kind of person right so it's up to you ultimately to understand and to get clear on what you actually truly deeply care about in life like what makes you light up? What makes you excited to get up in the morning? What, what are the things that you do and spend time doing where you don't even realize time is passing? You know, like you are so engulfed in whatever you're doing that you look up and you're like, holy shit, where the hell did three hours go? Like I was just in the zone, man. Those moments and those activities and those things that you're doing when you catch yourself in the zone, write them down. Don't forget them because they are important to your soul for some reason. And it's a gift to be able to delve into the moment so deeply that you forget time exists. That's a gift. And that's your gift. Whatever you're doing in that moment, that's what your gift is. And I remember reading some, you know, I don't even, I've read so many goddamn books. I don't even remember where certain things come from anymore (laughs) because they're all in the general like a similar category so it's difficult to be like yeah it was definitely from this book unless I had the book in my hand but anyway I've read a lot of self-help books in my day especially when I was younger because I thought I was broken and a piece of shit turns out I'm not I'm fine um (laughs) and so are you but uh I remember reading this in a book about like determining what your passion is like you don't you don't know what you're interested in you don't know where to take your life you don't know what you're put on earth to do that's okay um And one of the exercises was to think back to when you were younger, when you didn't have obligations like work, you didn't have kids, you didn't have any of the things that tell you who you are. You know, your kids tell you you're a mom. Your job tells you you're a therapist for me. Um, you know, your husband tells you you're a wife or you're a maid sometimes or a cook or whatever the hell you're doing. Or sometimes you get to be a bum when you're the wife and you're, you know, your husband does all that crap, which is great. Um... Anyway, it tells you to go back to you being a child and to reflect back on what activities and tasks and things you were doing when you lost track of time. And for me, that was playing guitar. I would, I would pull up the YouTubes in my room and I wouldn't leave my room for like five hours trying to learn one song. And I just go and go and go until I got it because I was so passionate about getting the song. I wanted to play the song so bad, right? And it was enough to forget about, everything forgot to eat forgot to get out of the room and get some nature like all kinds of stuff and I remember my mom would come in and be like yo are you still alive in here okay cool just check in like (laughs) just want to make sure you're still breathing I hear your guitar but you know I don't know just want to make sure are you hungry or no okay cool um so it was guitar drawing all kinds of like artsy type things that I love to do playing outside you know so think about those things um and try to reflect and remember what it was that brought your soul a whole bunch of joy and timelessness and freedom. Timelessness is freedom. When you're in those moments that you are so present and having, you know, full attention and being filled up with whatever activity, experience you're having, those moments are priceless and those are moments of real, true freedom, Um So hold them tight and remember what they are. And you can work from those. That's kind of how you understand your values. I value art a lot. Obviously, it's a big part of my life. Um, I value feeling good, thinking clearly, like things like that that aren't, you know, I value a washboard pack of abs. Like, no, you fucking don't. It's not about the abs. We all know it's deeper than that, lady. Come on. (laughs) it is and if you don't believe it is yet start doing some digging ask yourself some questions more and more every day why do I do this like that if you can do one thing for yourself today throughout the day ask yourself why you're doing something like why am I sitting on the couch why am I talking on this podcast why am I living in Bloomington like you can ask a billion questions to yourself to get down to the root of your values And it it really does help clarify things for you. Then once you have your values, so let's just go with my I want to feel better and think clearly values. If I value those things and my actions don't align and support those values, then I have conflict. I have an inner problem, a little tiny war within myself, and that never feels good. You constantly feel like you're missing the bar. You constantly feel like you're failing and never going to get to where you want to go. And it's just a really dark, not so fun place to be. So the best option for you in that moment is to line the fuck up, line up with your values and make actions that support those values. So if I want to feel good and think clearly, I can't have pastries every goddamn meal of the day. It just doesn't work because eventually I start to feel bad, like not emotionally feeling guilty about pastries, but my body in a physical sense feels awful like I get a stomach ache I feel like a sloth my brain gets all foggy I can't think straight and honestly it you know if I were to have pastries every day for every meal I can't say I haven't been there once or twice in my life then it it becomes an addiction because that food that kind of food is programmed to make you addicted to it it is hyper palatable food literally is a signal to your body. Like, wow, this is incredible, but I need more. Like <laughs> it, it, it seeds this energy of not enough in you. And then, then you have to deal with that. So it's like, that doesn't line up with the values of feeling better and thinking clearly. Cause now your thoughts are consumed by pastries and your body feels like shit. Yikes. Right? So that's an, an instance where your values don't line up with your actions and it's, it's awful. It does not feel good. Um, And a lot of people live there their entire lives, believe it or not. I've met them. I worked with older people. I met a lot of people doing that kind of work and a lot of stories and a lot of learning happened there. And I've met people who say they value this, but then I'm seeing them as a result of their actions that actually contradict the value they told me they had. (laughs) So it's like, you say you value living a long time but you sure as hell love sitting on couches and not exercising, Ooh, those don't match. They just don't match, right? So a love-based approach is when you have clearly defined what you love, why you love it, and what participating in those values does for you as a human being. So I love to, you know, a lot of coaches will take you through the define your why. What's your why? You've gotta get very clear on your why. You do, you really do um but i love for people to branch it out as well and not make it so so personal that it's selfish but more so like you know what who okay so like with those values or having these specific values what kind of person does that make you what kind of person does that make you in your community what in what ways will that affect your community how will it benefit your family if you uphold these values and the actions that are required to align with them? Because, you know, it, it is about us, it, our individual self, like, you know, coming to a place of self-realization and um, catching a flow and being aligned with our values. But what we don't quite realize in the moment, in the small moment, is that when we are moving from a love-based approach, it ripples into our community and to the people around us and it directly affects their ability to move from a love-based approach and if everyone is moving from a love-based approach we can get some shit done and solved and resolved for the better for everyone so although it is about you it's also about kind of saving the world a little bit no big deal (laughs) no big deal at all so I just wanted to hop on here and kind of suss through those two different approaches that people take because it is really important at the end of the day. And if you're going to start a health and fitness journey and, you know, start incorporating healthy lifestyle practices into your life, man, I just want you to start off on the right foot. I don't want you starting off in darkness over here and self-abuse and self-sabotage and, fear and anger and guilt and shame and then be upset when it doesn't last because it won't. So if you start off on the right foot and get real clear and start asking yourself important questions about why you want to do the things you want to do, you're going to have a way better time and an easier time getting to the place you're trying to go. So sit down with yourself, ask yourself those questions. What do I love? What is super important to me? What do I care about the most over anything in the world. And sometimes it's not like an activity. Sometimes it's not like I love coaching. Sometimes it's more like I love my kids. I love my kids above everything, right? And, you know, it it can be an external motivation like that, like other other people (laughs) or, you know, your family. But I, I encourage you to dig just a little deeper and just keep you can you can ask why infinitely like i i really value and love my kids above all else why because they light up my life why because they bring laughter and love to play why like you can just keep going down that ladder um to get to the real reason and like you know you love your kids or whatever so much (laughs) or whatever clearly i'm not a parent yet but you love your kids above all else right and everything you're doing is because you want them to have a great life. Okay. But they're watching your life this whole time. Like kids learn so much just from proximity and observation. And so you may put your kids above all else and love them so much, but then in the moment they ask you to play and you'd rather sit on the couch and watch TV and eat snacks. But they want to go outside and play. But you're like, no, mom's busy. So like, Just be aware and start seeing those gaps in your values and your actions and try to fill the gaps with the correct, you know, dream supportive action. It's a a tough job. It's a hard job some days where you're like, you know, you really just would rather sloth around and not support yourself. And because it's more comfortable to be in that guilt-shame-based approach, it's so easy to just go right back there and sometimes not even realize that you did until it's too late. And you're like, wow, yeah, I I did all that because of guilt and shame, not because of love, not because I care about my kids, not because I want to be a good coach, not because, you know, you really need to start looking at the underlying motives for your actions And then once you kind of have a picture of your underlying motives, which can take some time, I'm not saying that you're going to sit down in one session and be like, I've got it. I know my values and I know why I do everything I've ever done. (laughs) It's like, good fucking luck. It takes a lot of time and it takes asking those questions over time because guess what? They change just like we do, honey, sister, boo, boo. They do. They change. And, you know, one year you might be motivated to buy your kids or you might be motivated because you want to be a really great coach and then the next year you know a whole bunch of shit changes in your life and your motivation is just to feel good every day that's you know that's totally fine it's okay for your your values to change but you need to ensure that your actions change alongside Those values so that you don't end up in what I call the expectation hangover, which is no fun. It's where you have these expectations of yourself and then you don't meet them and then you feel hungover like a stupid old failure and you don't know why. That's why. Because your actions didn't align with your values. And it's not a fun place to be. I've lived plenty of expectation hangovers in my life. That's why it's a term <laughs> because I was like, what is this? We have to come up with something that this is like, what's the name for this? Expectation hangover. So just make sure you're, I love, Tom always says, uh, align your efforts with your expectations. It's the same concept, aligning your actions with your values. Um, it's a very, very important step. And it, it's a constant refinement process every single day, waking up and being like, why the fuck did I wake up today? <laughs> what are we doing? What's important to me? Why am I here? Like, if if everything goes to shit today, what's one thing that I would like to have, like, go right, go correctly? What's one thing I can control and make happen? And sometimes that's just getting up and making your bed. Sometimes that's just getting up and cleaning your apartment and making sure your space is put together and nice. Um, sometimes that's, just taking care of yourself like getting a good shower doing some good skin care cleaning up for the day especially for my folks that are also working from home like i as an occupational therapist i used to go into people's rooms right at the nursing home and they would be like in their hospital gown from four days ago and i'd be like yo when are you gonna change that gown plus I need to like work on dressing with them. So that's also another reason why I'm asking this. But one of my OTs um, who used to be my boss actually would say to his patients, like how you dress is a reflection to yourself. So if you're in a hospital gown this whole time and you refuse to put on actual real clothes, you're telling your body through imagery that you're sick. The imagery of the hospital gown. I'm sick. I'm not getting better. And that has a direct effect on your ability to progress and get the fuck out of a nursing home. So I I really enjoyed um, hearing that from him. And I was like, that's seriously true, though. And people talk about all the time. Dress for success, baby. It's serious. You really do need to dress for success. Well, success, success. (laughs) You really do need to dress for success because like he said, it is a reflection. It's it's you communicating to you. And if you don't feel worth it to get out of the damn sweatpants and put on a little something on your face and do your hair and clean up, like then, you know, you're sending yourself a signal that you're not worth the effort, that your values aren't worth it and that you're not worth having those values. And that's just not a fun place to be either. So it's important to get up, take care of yourself every single day, even if you're not leaving the house um, it has a a direct effect on your mental health. And I can tell you because I've been on both ends of that. I've been on the not so fun end where I just was wearing sweatpants all day and was like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm working from home. Woo. But it did matter because I started to feel like purposeless. Like I don't have anything to give to the world because I'm not leaving my house. I'm not going out and doing stuff with people. Um, especially in the therapy world, you know, I'm so used to going out and literally physically assisting people for eight hours a day, back to back to back to back people that need a lot of help, you know, and then that gets taken away. And it's, you have to recreate purpose because it's different. It looks different and you can, purpose can be anywhere. You know, I've been having this conversation with Tom for a little over the, this year, really, because you know, the whole COVID situation has flipped everyone's lives over um, just a little bit. Some people, maybe not so much, but I just, you know, went through this moment where I was like, you know, that was my purpose was like waking up and helping people walk every day and helping people get out of bed and take care of themselves and feel like a human being and not, you know, some patient in a hospital. And now I, my job is still purposeful, but it's just, looks totally different and sometimes if you're not ready for that shift it can make you believe that you've lost your purpose even though you haven't because at the end of the day purpose comes from you you can purposefully do the dishes or you can do the dishes with purpose you can clean your house with purpose you can um, make your phone calls journal take care of yourself you can do all of those things with a deep sense of purpose Even if you don't know what your purpose is. So, you know, maybe, for example, my purpose is coaching people. Like, I love to work with people and help them see themselves more clearly and see where they need to, where they want to go more clearly, and then outline a path to get there. Like, that literally fills up my cup so much that I don't even know why or how it does, but it does. Okay, so I've narrowed that down. But, you know, Maybe there's no more coaching going on because the internet doesn't work or, you know, I'm just making up a scenario for this this to make sense. But say coaching got taken away from me. That's okay. I still know how to be present and mindful without having my, you know, my purpose that is like tied to an action or vocation. So I can still get up and be a good coach to myself, you know? Or maybe your purpose is singing on stage and now all the concerts are done, right? You still have a purpose to get up and play music every day, even if it's just for yourself or your cat or your family or, you know, no one and just playing to play. Like you can still have a lot of purpose there. You can still have purpose in practicing your skills and, um, doing things just because you know that they fill up your cup, not because they are a vocation or a means to uh, financial ends or anything. Purpose is a choice. And when you take a love-based approach, you get really, really clear on your purpose and what you value so that when you come into those moments of challenge, where your changes are being challenged and you're being... Tested to go back to old patterns and to fall back into old rhythms and thoughts and emotions and habits, you can go back to that purpose that you outlined. And if it's deep enough, if it's real enough for you, it'll help you get through that challenge and that trial. And it will be like nothing. It'll be like, oh, yeah, I don't eat pastries because I, you know, I like to think clearly and my body doesn't like to. Doesn't feel good after I eat them. Like, literally, just eat. there's no second thought about it because you've already walked through this scenario. You've already deeply rooted your value into your belief system and into your heart and into your practices that when the time comes for you to get tested, and, you know, it's Betty Sue's birthday at your job. And they're like, just have one piece of cake. It's just one. It won't hurt. Come on. It's fine. You are you could use the weight. You don't need to lose weight. And obviously your coworkers have no idea. It's not about that. <laughs> your coworkers have no idea. It's more about you being a positive influence on your kids when you get home because you don't want to be having a sugar crash by the time you get home for them. You know, um, it's in those moments where, you can reconnect to your values and just politely be like, you know, no thanks. I cake gives me a stomach ache and I've got to pick up my kids after work. You know, like I don't want to be a crab for them. And that's, people will understand that, I think. And if they don't, fuck them, (laughs) basically. (laughs) You do you, boo. So that's my podcast rant for today. I just hope that after listening to it, you can ask yourself those questions and start getting in the habit of asking yourself those questions on a regular basis. It doesn't have to be every day. That can be kind of stressful, but at least once a week, like getting a weekly outline of like, these are the things I want to get done. I want to get them done because these are my values and I value this. And these are the actions that I need to take to support my values. And that's it. you can do that regularly over and over and over again. And the more you do it, the more refined it will be, the more, the more, um, it'll be a little bit easier each time cause you'll already know your history and what you like and what makes you happy. Cause that, you know, that's half of the process is getting down to those answers and such. But I just hope that you can catch yourself when you're moving from guilt and shame and thinking like you need to make up for something or you need to be punished because you made a bad choice or I mean, whatever. Fuck all that. Okay, it doesn't work. It's not fun to be there. It it seems like the right thing to do, like, you know, cause and effect or action reaction, like you need to react against the poor action you took. Don't do that. It's better to respond. Respond to that action you took. And that response can be, hey, sitting down and getting clear about your values again and being like, why did I have that pastry or why did I skip that workout or you know, why did I yell at my kid? Like, where's that coming from? Let's get, let's look at that one a little bit more closely so that it doesn't happen again, right? We can choose to learn from those actions instead of beat ourselves up for them. And I think that's definitely more um, in the love-based approach is learning. (laughs) Whereas the guilt-shame-based approach, you just keep taking the action and beating yourself up for it over and over again. (laughs) So it's kind of a crazy place to be. But I just hope that, you have a better perspective on, um, you know, kind of like the preliminary steps of refining your mindset when it comes to making lifestyle changes and sticking to those lifestyle changes. Because making lifestyle changes is easy. You know, I could, for a day, I can do anything. I can fast for a day. I could be a vegan for a day. I could, you know, meditate for a day if I really had to. It would be difficult for me, but (laughs) <laughs> I like to, I'm an, I like to move around. I'm an active person, but, um, anything you can do for a day, but it's really like, what can you stick to? Right? So you can do anything for a day. You can beat yourself up for a day, but can you beat yourself up? Can you beat yourself up into health for a whole year? Probably not. Can you love yourself into health for a whole year? Hell yeah. Who loves, I mean, love is love. Who doesn't love love, right? Anyway, I'm thinking that you got my point. So, I'm going to let I'm going to let this one I'll let this one go now. Thank you so much for listening. And like I said, I hope that you just have a better understanding of where you are and where you want to go and how you can get there in a way that is less about suffering and more about growing. And there's not to say there's not a little bit of suffering in growing, but it doesn't have to be all suffering is what I'm saying. It can be fun and you can have a good time and you can still have your pastry if you want. You just can't have them for every meal. (laughs) Anyway, until the next podcast, I hope you take such good care of yourself that you ask yourself these deeper questions over and over and over again and that you get clear on what it is you love and what it is you care about and what it is that motivates your action so that you can become the best you that ever was. Until the next podcast, I say good day.